Hello, Robcast friends, and welcome to Robcast episode 288. This is a very special episode. This is Kristen Bell, and I'm here with Trace Bell. Yep, I'm back again. And um, for any of you who are new to Trace Bell, he is our son who came into our life 22 years ago. And we thought since today is a I'm going to call it a special podcast. <laughs> Very special. There's, there's nothing more special than this. Yeah. <laughs> this is a robless robcast. I mean, this is, this is a new invention right here. Yeah. We had this idea months ago that for the release of Rob's book, which is coming out on September 15th, which is Tuesday, um, entitled Everything is Spiritual, Who We Are and What We're Doing Here. Uh, we thought it would be really fun for the release of this book for Trace and I to take over the podcast and just have a discussion about the book, um, Rob in general. Yeah, yeah. What we thought um, of the book, what our main takeaways. And this yeah. book is unique to to Rob. It's his eleventh book, but it's unique in the fact that this one is very personal. Um, he starts. Uh, with some stories when he's quite young and um, really shows, I mean, I'm going to say shows all of us because mm -hmm. a lot of this was new information for you and me, even though mm -hmm. yeah. we yeah. live with him. Um, he shows all of us how he formed his view of who, who he is and what he's doing mm -hmm. here, which then translates to who we are and what we're doing here. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. So before we get into it, um, I also want to tell you that because of the unique nature of these times, um, there's going to be some special, I, don't, I guess, virtual events. Um, you can go to robbell.com to get more information, but there's a number of events, and um, each one is connected with a local bookstore. So... What you can do is buy a ticket, you'll get a book, you'll get um, the link to the event, and at each one, Rob has picked somebody who will have a discussion with him about the book. So the first one is tomorrow night, Monday night, which when you're listening to it, it might be tonight, but um, <laughs> uh, the first one is Monday night, and it will be with Preston Bell. So this book feels like a family affair. It absolutely is a family affair, yeah. 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 It's totally, we, were, we were an integral part of this whole journey, so, yeah. Yes, we were, and even the unique nature of these, you know, COVID times where we're really limited to who we're in contact with. <laughs> yeah, I true. mean, all yeah. five of us have been in this house yeah. since March, yeah. and um, so in that way, it feels really fitting for the release of this book to be a family affair. Yeah. Like the yeah. world just got turned upside down. And so we're just trying to go with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So, so can we... Uh, can, well, I, I kind of had the idea that I was going to give like a little a little bio. Or okay. Little, okay. Yeah. I, I, in my mind, it made me laugh because I was like, I'm kind of giving a mom bio. Okay. Like, yeah. What would a mom bio give, look give like? Give your mom bio. For, for any of you who don't know who Trace is, um, Trace is our son. He came into our life 22 years ago. And I 
I like to think that you can get a good sense of somebody's essence by how they were when they were really young. Mm -hmm. And my impressions of Trace were that he came into our life with just a bundle of energy. Yeah. He loved to make us laugh. He was nonstop action. In fact, I remember when I first took him to preschool, I, I mean, a lot of first time parents, when they take their first kid to preschool, it's like, you know, it's like ripping your heart out. Like, oh, they're growing up. I can't believe it. I have to let go. But I was like, oh, thank God for preschool. <laughs> like, like this was a kid who just needed some stimulation. Yeah. He needed like, he needed a bigger world yeah. <laughs> than what I could offer him yeah. or what we could offer him. Because by that time you had a little brother, um, but you would just, your energy was it, you would just climb the walls yeah. if we didn't give I you remember. enough remember. stimulation. Yeah. So he took that preschool by storm. And to the point that when Rob and I went to like the, you know, parent night at the preschool, um, all the parents were like, no way. You're Trace's parents. Our, our, our kid talks about Trace <laughs> all the time. Like he just, Trace just made a splash. Um, I always do. Yeah. And, and I mean, maybe more of this will come up as we have discussions, but fast forward to the current times, Trace and I love to have good discussions. Oh, yes, we do. Yes. So um, that was another reason why we thought it would be fun to do this is because this is actually what happens in our kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. We love to discuss things. Yeah. And um, sometimes we can just get going yeah and when we get going we get going so so this is just this is just a perfect opportunity to discuss this book offer our perspective um and yeah have one of those those conversations we usually have yeah, yeah. and then the last piece is that trace is a 2020 coronavirus graduate of ucla so graduating in some unique times yeah yeah it's definitely been weird but yeah. But again, I think it's made us all much more adaptable. Yeah, yeah. Like we used to assume that the world was going to go a certain way and we used to assume things were going to look a certain way. And this year it's just like everything came to a grinding halt and we've had to adapt to what is. Yeah, no, it's it's totally just, it's totally thrown the world upside down and it's just, it's it's all forced us to just kind of take a step back and really, really analyze, you know, our lives and what, what's, it's, it's forced us to look at some things maybe we weren't looking at before and totally readjust to the new reality, new climate that we live in. Yeah. But one of the fun things that has come out of that is just the books that we've all been reading, yeah. discussing, um, your, your like working with I don't know whether to call him dad or Rob, but <laughs> yeah. um, you're working with dad more. And so this discussion, I think, is coming out of all of that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. No, and that, that, that's why this book was so perfect because this book was like, almost, it almost feels like a culmination of so many things. Like even when I was reading it, it was like a culmination of so much that I've learned over the past couple of years. Um, it's just such a like an interesting look at his life and our life because because those are intertwined um and yeah it, it's it's this book was like such a, like a personal thing for all of us because it really 
means so much to all of us in different ways. Yeah, and I know we'll we'll get into this more, but it also has so much to say about these current times. Yeah, yeah. Because it's about it's about the mess. Yeah, it's, it's about a, the world. Yeah, it's about how you create in the midst of mess yeah. and imperfection yeah. and um, yeah. So let's let's jump in. Let's go. I think I, I'm. You meant you had an interesting. You said something in the in the beginning about how this uh, book shows you how it formed him. Is, is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Okay, that 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 kind of is a nice transition in my first theme because I I find one of the most interesting parts of the, the interesting aspects of this book is the perspective of a pastor in the church religious world and his journey. The book is the book is told, told like a narrative of Dad's journey, and mm-hmm. it's a really interesting his perspective being from the from the church world and in the Christian world as a pastor, his his spiritual journey and his evolution. And I think he has a lot of very interesting things to say about that transformation and that journey. And he has a lot of interesting things to say about religion, um, which I think is one of the main takeaways from this book and one of the, the best teachings from this book. And the main thing, I love how he acknowledges what religion was intended to do and the beautiful aspects of religion, but he also acknowledges the limitations of religion and how the rules and structures in religion can actually get in the way of what it was originally intended to do. And the reason this one is, this lesson was so important to me, and this part of the book was so important to me, was because, like, growing up at Mars Hill, Mars Hill was a was a big part of our lives when we lived in Michigan, um, but. Mars Hill was always weird for me because I never really had a connection to it. I never really had a connection to religion growing up. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't. I didn't hate religion, but I didn't really. Lo- I was just so indifferent towards religion. Like I just didn't really. I know it. It's so interesting to me to hear you say even these words. Like this is what you think is so valuable about this book because, from my perspective, you never bought into it you never you never really engaged with it i never really knew what to feel i just, i was just always so indifferent towards it like I, I remember like going to church and just being like i don't i'm i don't hate this but i don't really like i'm not really feeling anything because of it i'm not really like i just didn't really know what it was it never it but always it like, didn't do anything it didn't for do you. anything to me but i didn't become interested in religion until i actually understood what religion was originally intended to do which was to experience spirit which is what dad talks about in this book um, on, on, he has a really interesting and great part on page 112 um, where he talks about this woman who tells him that, that he's a mystic. Um, and he, he says, I kind of knew what she was saying and I, I knew exactly what she was saying. Yeah. Um, and he talks about how the mystic has a direct experience of spirit. Uh, and he, and then he, in that, in the next passage, he says, I was never, that interested in religion or the word Christianity, I was after an experience. And it wasn't until I understand understood that religion was originally intended to give you the experience of spirit that religion became interesting to me because I saw what it originally was intended to do. And see how dad in this book acknowledges the beauty of religion and how it's supposed to have you experience spirit. But then he also goes on to talk about how the, there's certain limitations within religion because the rules and the structure and the dogma end up becoming the form and ends up actually hindering the experience of spirit. 
So dad, so that's why this perspective, his perspective is so interesting is because he came up through that world and he was always interested in the experience of spirit, which he, under, which he got in the religious world, but then he moved past it because he realized he didn't need religion to actually experience spirit. Right. And there's so many metaphors in this book along those lines, but one of them that I really liked was the butterfly. Mm-hmm. How, like when he went to seminary and it was like they took the butterfly and they pinned it down yeah. and like studied all the parts. Yeah. But like you can't experience a butterfly without the flight, yeah. without the like the magical exactly. quality. Yeah. And um, it's, I was also going to mention that when we were talking about doing this podcast, we decided that we would each um, read through the book and just kind of highlight like maybe four themes that stood out to us. Mm -hmm. So what's funny is that the theme that you picked was the same one that I picked. Mm. Um, And so just a little farther along, he talks about how spirit needs form. Yeah. um, Which is what you're talking about. Religion can be the form. um, But he talks about the difference between spirit and form and one of the parts that I really liked was describing um, learning to ride a bike. Yes, yeah, yeah, I have that part. I marked that part too. Um, I'll just read a little bit of it. It says, um, like when you're learning to ride a bike, whoever is teaching you tells you to keep pedaling and steer and don't hit that mailbox. At first, those words help. You're repeating those phrases in your head, trying to do what they're telling you to do, riding farther and farther with each try. And then you get it. You're riding the bike, at which point you aren't repeating those words because those words have become flesh. Yeah. They are no longer external to you. They've become internal. They've become embodied. Their instructions have now become your reality. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that because you can like you feel the exhilaration, you feel the like, yeah, that is kind of what it feels like is at first you need these structures Mm -hmm. and this path and you need, you need something to keep returning to. Exactly. Yeah. Because religion was the, the rules and the structure of religion are to put you, is to give you some structure to put you on a path to experience spirit. But the problem, what happened with religion was then the rules and the structure became a dogma that actually hindered the experience of spirit because it actually became the rules and the structure were how you experience spirit rather than these rules and structures are guidelines to put you on a path to experience spirit. So that's where, where religion became convoluted and people started to miss the point was because they got too interested in the forms. And that's on um, page 123 I have marked, the forms aren't the goal, the goal is the experience of spirit. So, right. so the fundamental purpose of religion is the experience of spirit. And the problem is when the forms that are meant to help that actually end up hindering that. And that's where you get in trouble. Right. So even if you think about it with riding a bike, like once you figured out how to ride a bike, like just ride, just, just ride. ride all ride. over. Yeah. Like you don't, you now, it's kind of annoying. Yeah. Someone's yelling at yeah. you to like, no, pedal faster. Don't, oh, yeah, don't absolutely. take your hands off yeah. the handlebars. Yeah. You're like, they were no, helpful. I, I want to take my hands off the handlebars. Yeah. <laughs> they were helpful in the beginning, but once you have, once you, like, they set you on the right path and once you, then, then you don't need them anymore. That's why also on page 118 and that thing, he, sa- he says, and that thing, that enlivening, inspiring brush with spirit, you don't need any of the religious activity to have that. 
I love how he shows people that there's a direct path to spirit, that you don't actually need the institutions. The mystic doesn't need the institutions and the, and the religion and, and, the, and the dogma. Anyone can have a direct path to spirit because we're all mystics at the end of the day. We all have that connection to source, that connection to spirit, and we don't need the institutions. Right, and we've probably all had mystical experiences, however you want mm-hmm. to describe that, even if it's that, even if it's the feeling of like hearing a song and feeling like transported somewhere or hearing a song and being having that feeling of wonder and awe that somebody created it mm-hmm. um, or somebody can perform that. Like there's so many ways we experience wonder and awe, which I think is always a mystical experience. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I just love this message of, see, too often people get, people see the limitations of religion and see the ways that religion has lost its way. But the problem is they end up throwing the baby out with the bathwater and they discount all of religion and all of the scripture. And they just, oh, all of that's made up. All of that's not helping people. But like the thing I love about this book is dad acknowledges that you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. There are certain elements of religion that are still more poignant than ever. And I think that's exemplified with his, the section on the Bible and how he, he talks about how the Bible started reading him. He was reading the Bible, but the Bible started reading him. And he does that whole section about how the Bible started teaching him about American empire. And it started having these lessons about the world and the culture today that were more relevant and more poignant than ever. So you see how he, if you, if you just throw out everything, you actually miss some core truths at the heart of every religion that are universal and can be applied all the time because religion is essentially speaking to the heart of spirit and the heart of what it means to be a human. And if you just throw it all out because of some of the ways it lost its way, then you miss some very core truths and, and poignant messages. Well, this is so interesting because you, because your path is opposite of ours. Exactly. That's why, yeah. Like dad and I grew up in religion. Um, kind of, I like to say I I drank the Mm Kool-Aid. I like accepted all of it without Mm -hmm. thinking about a lot of it. Like now I look back and I'm like, how did I accept that? Like what, did I just turn my brain off? Mm -hmm. Um, but but then I also have compassion on my younger self because that's the bubble that yeah. I grew up in. Yeah. That's what everybody around me was thinking. And that's, um, yeah, anyway, we don't need to go there. But it's interesting that, so so our experience was coming out of something very structured um, that taught you um, not only what to think, but how to think. And... Then later we started uh, finding more of the spirit and the mystical and like learning how to ride the bike. Yeah. But your experience was opposite. Exactly. Yeah. You, you had some experiences and I wouldn't even say like they were like massive experiences. You just seemed to always have like a deep knowing that mm-hmm. there was something more than the material. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then maybe that has grown recently, like the mystical, yeah, the spirit encounters. I don't know what you want to call them, mm-hmm. but then your understanding of 
the path, the exactly. The form That's that, has, now, that was my whole point. Later. Was it became interest? It became interesting to me once after I experienced spirit directly, because then I saw that religion was originally designed to help people experience spirit directly. But I was never interested in religion till I actually found out what religion was trying to do. Exactly. That's if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I have like a weird, I have like a reverse, like never cared about it, never was interested in it until I actually had some experiences that showed me what it was actually, what it actually was at its core. And then I saw the truth within it. And one of the reasons why I find this interesting is because again, going back to these weird times kind of just shaking everything up the way we think things are supposed to be done there's kind of a way that parents think they're supposed to raise their kids. Mm-hmm. Like whatever that verse is about raise them up in the way that they should go and they will, I, I shouldn't quote. <laughs> but anyway, um, I've tried to erase some of that. But um, yeah, I don't even know what that means. But Yeah, there was a verse that was used a lot for parenting that was like, it was like your responsibility as a parent to like raise your kid up in the right way and then they'll never depart from the faith. That was the idea behind it. Hmm. But what I've witnessed in you is like, let them have their path. Yeah, let them have their path and they'll, they'll, they'll find the stuff that, that they need to find for their journey. And, and what's, what speaks to them is what speaks to them. But trying to force it on them and trying to create some... That's why, I mean, that's why a lot of atheists come from religious backgrounds. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Yeah. But, but the idea that there isn't, there isn't a way, there isn't a way no. that as a human, we kind of, I don't, I want to say like figure it out. We yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. We're all, diff- we're all different, unique beings that, that have different paths, different, different. And ultimately we learn by experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like there's all the stuff that we get taught, but we don't really internalize it yeah. until we have an experience and it becomes our truth. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I also was thinking about this idea of spirit and form in regards to dad. Because <laughs> um, one of the things I think is so interesting about him and his perspective is that he's very much a mystic and... and talks about that from the beginning like from from his earliest memories he always felt like there was something more going on here Mm -hmm. but on the other hand he's also very into like dirt like he mentions this phrase a lot dirt sweat and tears like Mm -hmm. he's he has a very grounded faith that's um grounded in real life Mm, yeah. Where he's not afraid of the struggle. Mm-hmm. He doesn't um, dismiss the struggle. Um, he doesn't dismiss the, the questions. Yeah. Um, in fact, one of his earlier stories when he was trying to figure out what to do with his life in college and got, found himself in the hospital with viral meningitis... Um, he, he said he returned to a, a, a prayer. Like he just was so, um, kind of lost and confused and his dreams had kind of been shattered by this event. Um, 
And his prayer became, now what? Mm -hmm. Um, And I was thinking about how that's like a, that's like really rooted in the struggle. Yeah. Now what? Now what? That's a a big, yeah. It's, it's like a hopeful prayer because underneath it all, you believe that there is something Mm -hmm. there that's kind of guiding you. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's also like a, there's like a, um, a grit and maybe even an anger, like a now what? Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's one of, like a one of the big themes of this book is like you kind of the you you are just in the journey and you just take you 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 just go where it takes you and like sometimes there's questions of you don't always have the answers you know you know you try stuff and you keep creating and there's there's always mystery and you just like you just keep at now what you know there's it, right you cannot you can actually take that now what phrase so many different ways yeah it could be it can be anger. It can be curiosity. Mm-hmm. Now what? Yeah. Um, it can be um, like an expectation. Yeah. Like I wonder what's around the next corner. Yeah. Um, Which is how life is. There's there, every every experience and you have. There's multiple, so many different ways to look at it. You know, our, our 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 lives are always filled with these different kind of perspectives and different ways of looking at things. With with anger, with curiosity, with wonder. Yeah, it's all yeah. grist for the mill. Yeah. So I so going back to the idea of spirit and form, I find that the stories in here, they they incorporate both of those things. Mm-hmm. Um and, and by spirit and form I mean like the life, the energy, and by form I mean like the like what you actually do when you wake up in the morning. Yeah. Like like the like the blood, sweat, and tears. Dirt, sweat, and tears. Dirt, sweat, and tears, yeah. Um, what are you going to do? What are you going to make? Um, it's like it bounces, the book bounces between the cosmos mm-hmm. and um, quantum physics. Mm-hmm. And what What are you going to, like I said, what are you going to wake up and do tomorrow morning? Yeah. Which like, is, which like, is- yeah. You get to decide, which is always the most interesting question because it's like we are we are living this this life and we get to we get to create something, you know what I mean? Like this this world is is our creation. Like we get to inhabit it and and exist within it and and create something. And that's always that will always be the most interesting question is now what? Now what do we create? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So can I? That's going to transition me into great. probably probably my favorite part of the book. Okay. You great. Mentioned, you mentioned quantum physics, and yeah. I think my favorite part of the book. Is well, actually, probably my second favorite part. My favorite part is the tar- part where uh, uh, I get born. I think that's. I think that's probably. I think we can agree that's probably the best part of the book. Um, <laughs> the highlight. But the, the my favorite part of the book is the, where the part where Dad discovers quantum physics because I think the the implications for the the, uh, the implications for that discovery are so monumental that it just is completely earth shattering, paradigm shifting, whatever you want to call it. Um, so he, he, he talks about discovering quantum physics and he talks about how everything is made of atoms and atoms are made of particles and particles are bits and pieces of energy that move in ways that we have no categories for. And quantum physics shows us that when a particle travels, it appears to take every possible path to get where it's going until it's observed and then it reveals which path it took. So particles are making, are, have endless possibilities until you observe them, and then they choose one. 
but my favorite part is it 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 it, it shows you how the whole everything is spiritual everything always has been spiritual because the whole world relies on your observations see there's this there's this fundamental belief that so many people have that there's this there's this we there's a separate entity and there's this we exist as a separate entity and then there's this there's a world separate from us that's independent of us that exists outside of us and it creates this separation within our lives with i i live my life and then there's this world that's going out out here that's independent of my existence but what quantum physics shows us is that that actually the world out there actually relies on your observation so instead of you as an entity relying on the world for your creation the world actually relies on your creation and that's why his his line the he has a line at the end towards the end that's uh um i am is less a noun and more like a verb because you see with i am when you exist as an i am i i am as a noun it kind of is like you exist as an i am and there's this world out here but actually i am as a verb because your i amness is actually influencing everything you look at see every everything you look at is reliant on your observations so the whole world is actually reliant on you that's that, that's just that's such a massive paradigm shift that's like whoa holy crap you know? yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i i actually underlined a part that right after the part that you're talking about um where he says I'll type that again but it won't make it any less strange <laughs> yeah so the part right before that was when a particle travels, it appears to take every possible path to get where it's going until it's observed. Then it reveals which path it took. Mm -hmm. And he says, I'll type that again, but it won't make it any less strange. Yeah. So, so the, one, one of the reasons I find this so powerful is because that, that, uh, that belief that we exist and that there's this world independent of us that's not reliant on us creates this separation and it makes it easy for us to separate when, when you when you're operating from that belief of separation between from you and the world it makes it easy to compartmentalize and separate different aspects of your life so you see how that belief makes it easy for you to label things as spiritual and not spiritual yeah because you're you can car, 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 you can separate life into spiritual areas and not spiritual areas mm -hmm. because you're already operating from the illusion that there's a you exist separate from the world so obviously if you, if you believe in that separation it's much easier to separate other aspects of your life like sp like spiritual things and not spiritual things so but it, the truth of the matter is that everything is spiritual everything always has been spiritual and the world knows that the world knows everything has always been spiritual because the world relies on your observation so once you can come to this understanding then you start to realize that there's no such thing as not spiritual and spiritual everything is spiritual everything always has been spiritual because everything relies on that i amness within you right and i think a brilliant part of this book is that he tries to take that concept and then give it some flesh and blood with, mm -hmm. with real stories oh yeah 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 um because that's actually like you said like like this is foundational shifting Oh yeah. So if yeah. you can if if you can start there, the implications are endless. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. For yeah. what it means to be a human, mm -hmm. for what it what it means for us to be here. Mm -hmm. 
and it helps it helps us understand spirit and God too because he also has a he says like I mentioned earlier he says I am is less like a noun and more like a verb he also says God is less like a noun and more like a verb so you see how when you take your idea of God as like a noun a thing that exists independent of independent and separate but you start to understand as God more like a verb that that is that pervades everything and is, is contained within everything spirit is contained within everything because spirit isn't just a noun that exists. Spirit is a thing that is just kind of like your I am this. Right. And I think one of the things that that does for me is it, it kind of enlivens all of life. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It like creates so many possibilities. Yeah. Like those feelings that we get where we feel stuck or we feel alone or we feel like history is just repeating itself or like nothing will change. Those are illusions. Mm-hmm. Or how if, about, yeah. if you start with the idea that, that everything is infused with mm-hmm. spirit and, and there are endless possibilities for how that's going to go mm-hmm. depending on how, on how you witness it. Yeah. Or how about like, if you ever feel insignificant, like the world is reliant on your observation, you know, the world doesn't exist until you observe it. I mean, so if you ever feel insignificant, oh, I'm just this, this human just existing in this world, you know, no, absolutely not. You know, the whole world is reliant on you observing it and, and, Quantum physics shows us that particles are, particles are endless. They're, they're moving up until you look at them and then they choose the one that they're, they choose the direction they're going to take. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think just even the the idea of looking at quantum physics for me makes life have so much more possibility. Like it just makes life like I go through kind of in some ways um, in like a robotic mode. Like mm-hmm. some days can feel oh, absolutely yeah robotic, and like we we go through the same routines, we think kind of in the same patterns, we have these ruts. And when you look at something like quantum physics, it can like break you out of those ruts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's a paradigm shift, yeah. um, And then it's like this exponential thing that starts to unfold. Mm -hmm. Like if this is true, then what about this? Then what about this? It's like going back to the now what? It's It's like an excited like... Okay, well, now what? It, 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 it installs this, this such like a mystery and like magic to life that, you, that it just is like so mind blowing that it just makes every moment so rich and so vibrant once you really become conscious of it because you're like, whoa, oh my goodness, this is just like, this is crazier than I even previously thought, you know? Like, you don't, you, you, you kind of move away from that like robotic kind of operating uh that way of operating kind of robotically throughout life and it just installs it just puts this like this this mystery and this just absolute magic to every moment yeah yeah well going back to the idea of people having an essence Mm -hmm. don't you think this is the essence of dad yeah absolutely yeah like the the like excited uh, kind of um not childish but childlike um wonder now what mm-hmm. curiosity um one word that we've thrown around for him recently during this stay at home time is exuberance yeah because being in a small space we've really recognized his exuberance mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. um but but this is who he is this is his essence and i think it comes through even in the way he writes the book yeah 
there's like an exuberance, uh, now what? Even when he tells the stories of feeling like a failure or um, having doubts or having things fall apart, there's still a, a curiosity, an exuberance, a, a like trust in life having like a momentum. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, He's, he he recognizes the magic of life, and when you, when you really rest in that magic, then 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 your essence shines through. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, 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 that he has a quote: "Any healthy spiritual vision for life begins with the awareness that everything is connected to everything else." And I, I just I just love that line because I, I I think it comes right after the the quantum physics part. But if you have a healthy spiritual vision for life, it begins with the awareness that everything is connected to everything else. Because you start to realize that everything is spirit, everything you observe, every, what you observe is influenced by your observation. Everything you cannot separate certain aspects of your life. It's all integrated. It's all one. It's all spirit creating and animating these forms. Yeah. Well, that um, reminds me that I highlighted just a few pages earlier in this quantum physics part the idea that. Um, that atoms are relationships of energy. Um, I'm just gonna read this section. The chair you're sitting in, the car you're driving, the clothes you're wearing, they're all made of atoms. And atoms are relationships of energy. I've always loved this concept. Like, I think he first started talking about this when he did the Everything is Spiritual tour. Um, that these things that we think are material solid objects are actually relationships of energy mm, yeah and again it just makes everything it, it's like that paradigm shift that makes everything come alive yeah so this this dense matter that just exists with it's like actually whoa well, this is all the relationships of energy like it's think all about relationships that. of energy yeah everything if yeah. you if if you just let your thoughts run with that everything is a relationship of energy and we can influence energy. And I say that like with a question mark at the end, because I think we're still experimenting and discovering how we influence energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like the energy between two people, um, the energy within our own bodies and mm -hmm. our cells. Your intuition our, when you feel energy, when you feel when you feel energy shifts or like and you start to question it, like, wait, I mean, no, that's completely real. That's completely right. You can validated. start yeah. tuning in and feel energy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also think there's a whole world of discovery about um, like how we influence our own health mm -hmm. um, through our through our thoughts, through um, you know how we think about our own bodies. Mm -hmm. um, I, I just think we're we're discovering so much mm -hmm. about the subtle layers of reality. Yeah, and um, I. I just love thinking about the potential of that. Yeah, and we're starting to learn that everything is more connected than we previously thought. We're starting to slowly sh learn and, and shift our thinking into realizing like, whoa, wait, this whole thing is way more connected than we thought. And we start to really understand the fundamental oneness and connection of all of life and relationship from all of life and start moving away from those separation, those categories that that separate and keep life in these these certain spots and almost like stagnate stagnate yeah yeah well i was actually just thinking about it as as you were saying that 
it does feel like people are learning how to tune in more. Mm -hmm. And it, it can become like a little bit of a cliche, like everybody talking about energy. Um, but I think it's, I think collectively people are shifting from relying solely on their minds mm -hmm. to interpret life and, and figure things out to realizing there's this other way of experiencing life Yeah, that comes from like a deeper place. Yeah. Um, you could call it the heart. You could call it the body. You could just, I don't know, you have energy sensors. You yeah. could call it all sorts of things, but I think we're discovering that there's more ways to experience life than yeah. just through the mind. And then, you know, what the mind does is it, it labels and categorizes, uh -huh. which is very helpful, but um, it's also very freeing to not be confined by that all yeah. the time. No, I'm glad you brought up that point because that, that actually takes me to one of the other themes that I loved most in this book, which is a dad talking about the soul and how the soul is tuned in to whether or not the ladder is leaned against the right building. So when you're, the soul knows when you're on the right path mm. and there's a, there's a deep feeling within you that kind of goes, be, that goes beyond the mind because the mind has certain limitations. There's a certain knowing within you. There's a, there's a certain knowing that knows the real truths of life that goes beyond the mind. And that's the, that's the thing. Yeah. That's, yeah, I, I feel like I know when I'm caught in my mind when I just cycle, mm -hmm. like the same thoughts just keep cycling and I don't get anywhere. Mm -hmm. I, so it's like this, I have this determination that my mind is going to figure it out, but I just keep like rehashing the same thing over and over. Yeah. Um, and I have learned that if you can like quiet the mind, which sometimes will happen, you know, first thing in the morning or when you're in the shower, when you're driving or like there are certain times when your mind gets quiet and there's like a different there's knowing. Like a knowing. Or, or it's a, the deep knowing that goes beyond the mind. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. in meditation that yeah. can happen as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I love that like the, the, when the soul feels it's like, it's more real than ever, but it's, yeah, it, it, the soul goes beyond the mind. Like dad talks about how the, the, the mind thinks, but the soul knows. And you can't put the soul in the ca same categories as, as the mind because the soul doesn't exist within the mind-brain world. The soul is something that is completely transcends, but it's, yet yeah, it's more real than ever. So there's these things in our life that transcend the mind that are still more real than ever, and they actually know we're on the right path. Yeah. yeah. He tells an early story in the book about um, being at Mars Hill and feeling this, like, kind of soul calling to to teach, to create. I'm not doing it justice here, but um, my point being, I, I noticed in his telling of the story, there was like this cycle that felt familiar to me um, at times in my life. When, like you're saying, when you're dealing with issues of the soul, but you feel trapped maybe in a system where there are a lot of other voices. Mm -hmm. um, and he tells a story about being at Mars Hill and everybody had like what they thought he should be doing at Mars Hill, mm -hmm. but it was in conflict with like this inner, mm -hmm. what he was here to do. Um, and the cycle for him 
he identified feeling shame um, because he couldn't be what everybody wanted him to be. And then that moved into guilt, um, which I thought was interesting because sometimes we can make ourselves feel guilty. We think it's about gratitude, but we're actually, it's actually just guilt. That thing that we do when, when we say like, well, in his example, he said, I had a great job. Like, why was I, why was I pushing against this? Mm -hmm. Um, why can't I just be happy with what is like, there's that shame and guilt cycle that kicks in. Um, and then for him, it ended in exhaustion. Yeah. So it's like, um, I guess this is one of those stories that I was referring to that, that are told to illustrate like, like, like you were saying, what happens when the ladder is leaning against the wrong mm -hmm. building and yeah. the soul knows. And his soul, and his, his soul knew when the, when the, the forms and the structure and the dogma of religion was actually getting in the way of yeah. the experience of spirit. His soul knew in that moment that the ladder was leaned up against the wrong building. The, the, the religious system that he was in was starting to lose its way. So I, I love how he shows you how the, the soul was aware that it, these things were hindering the experience of spirit. Like, yeah. And again, this was when Mars Hill was, um, it was really big and mm -hmm. it needed an institution around it yeah. to keep it going. And the way things were always done is the person who had the mic was the leader of the institution. Mm -hmm. And so in this particular story, that's, that's what was just killing him is if you think about his essence and his greatest gift in being who he was made to be, didn't happen in leading meetings mm -hmm. and yeah. it didn't happen in discussing like human resources issues yeah. or, um, yeah. those things just made him wither. Mm -hmm. And the more people pushed him to like, no, you gotta be a leader. You gotta be a leader. You gotta be a leader. The more he just wanted to like quit the whole thing. Mm. Um, and so he, this story just stood out to me as an example of, how you, how you do that, how you get those voices out of your head and how you tune in and get quiet and get clear and then, um, and then what it looks like to keep moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And the, and the mind, the mind tries to rationalize, well, I, this is a great job. People, people, people would kill for this position. The mind, see how the mind tries to, to rationalize in, in those but the mind can't understand when it's not on the right path. It's the soul that feels it's not on the right path. Yeah, just, and so often the soul doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, the soul's not logical. Yeah, because it's not logical and rational like the mind. Yeah. Yeah. It goes beyond the mind. Yeah. So, and when I say doesn't make sense, I mean, makes sense usually in our context, in our culture, in our our whatever it, system we're in a it lot of make times sense to, it doesn't make sense to minds yeah the soul doesn't make sense to minds but because the soul speaks a different language than the mind the yeah. soul knows and the mind thinks but i yeah. think later it makes sense later like it makes now sense. Yeah. looking back it all makes perfect sense of course yeah yeah um, but in those moments though yeah 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 do you have a do you have the, another or those those were my those were my favorite themes i just i think that the the 
the narrative, I think the, the best thing this book does is the, it's, it's just such a culmination of so much of his journey and the, the narrative of it, I think is so powerful. And the, the lessons you learn from his story and from the narrative of his journey, I find, I just, everyone can, can learn something from it. I just think his, his perspective, um, as a pastor growing up in this world and his, his spiritual journey, I just think is so fascinating. And I think it's, I think it has so much to say about our current times. Um, I just, I, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a beautiful book that, that everyone can take something from. Yeah. I agree. I yeah. agree. I wanted to end by actually starting at the beginning of the book with okay. the quote that he chooses from Rumi. Mm. Um, the quote says, Think of the big moves you have already made from a single cell to a human being. Stay light-footed and keep moving. So I'm going to read it one more time. Think of the big moves you have already made from a single cell to a human being. Stay light-footed and keep moving. And the part that I underlined was stay light-footed and keep moving. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that because that totally sounds like... When you read it, it's like, yeah, it's totally because, bad. Like Because yeah. that is... That is Rob. Yeah. Stay light footed and keep moving. And the second you read that, I'm like, yeah, it's totally like if, if, if out of all the Rumi quotes, that's totally like the one that dad would put in his book. Cause it's, it's right. Very and apt. this, and yeah. this quote sums up this book, but it also sums up who he is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, his story is the returning to staying light, mm -hmm. staying, um, Well, there's one section where he talks about the absurdity of it all and how um, the gurus and the saints and the mystics often have like a little twinkle in their eye or, yeah, or, a, or they, a little smile. Because they realize the universe is winking at us. Yeah. Right. Because the soul, I'm going to go back to the, the soul knows the absurdity of it all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the endless possibility. Mm -hmm. The the now what yeah the the fact that we're here to to learn and explore mm -hmm. and to have our i was going to say have our minds blown but we're we're so much more than our minds yeah the en the endless possibilities of the play that we're living in yeah yeah the soul knows yeah so i think I think we're at a good place to stop. I do too. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that was a fantastic conversation. This, but, yeah. this has been fun. It's been super fun. Yeah. And um, the the book events will probably feel similar to this in a way, except that Rob will be there. Yeah. Um, it will be Rob and and someone else. Lots of different people are on the list, um, having a discussion about this book. And one of the interesting things about this book it feels like you could endlessly discuss it. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. The same way that particles endless have endless possibilities. I've read it multiple times. And even this last time I'm like, Oh, I could just park here for a while. Yeah. yeah. And like dig much deeper in this section. Yeah. There's so many different ways to read it. Yeah. So many different levels. So yeah. I think the book events will be really interesting in that 
they'll each have a different flavor yeah. because each one will be a different person mm-hmm. with their own perspective and their um, their reading of the book, discussing it with dad. Mm-hmm. So um, I think those book events will be great. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. Yeah, it's going to be super fun. Again, um, if you want more information, go to robbell.com and you can sign up there. Or I, I guess it sends you to a link where you can sign up through the the local bookstore. Sweet. This was a ton of fun. I'm so glad we did this. It was. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll do a surprise Robcast again in the future. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. I ne- this is so funny. Whenever I do the podcast with dad, I never know how to sign off. <laughs> so I guess we're signing off now. We're signing off. <laughs> Goodbye, Robcast friends. Bye. Until next time. <laughs>